Hello, and welcome to About This Writing Thing, a weekly podcast about living the writing life. I'm your host, Sayward B. Eller, novelist, short story writer, and podcaster. Today's episode marks my 20th. I never thought I would have this many episodes. (laughs) In truth, I should have closer to 30 at this point, but I'm happy to be at 20 nonetheless. Today's bonus episode is called Notes on a Scandal and is my review and reaction to the books Excavation by Wendy C. Ortez and My Dark Vanessa by Kate Elizabeth Russell. Consider this my disclaimer. In this episode, I'll be talking about a hard topic that many people don't like to face, sexual abuse. If this is a trigger for you, please exit this podcast episode now. I have 19 others you can listen to. According to RAIN, the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, every 73 seconds an American is sexually assaulted. This violence isn't limited to a particular race, though RAIN states that Native Americans are at the greatest risk of sexual sexual violence. Unfortunately, the scandal surrounding the release of Kate Elizabeth Russell's My Dark Vanessa may lead you to believe that white women aren't allowed to have the same brutal experiences of other races of women, and they certainly aren't allowed to write about those experiences and be paid well for them. Prior to the release of My Dark Vanessa, Russell was very publicly branded a plagiarist and unworthy of telling such a story. As a survivor, sexual abuse is difficult for me to talk about, and I didn't experience anything as harrowing as Wendy Ortez, Mary Elizabeth Russell, or the millions of other survivors who've been subjected to sexual trauma but I talk about it. Even triggered, I talk about sexual violence against girls and boys, women and men, because I'm sick to death of those who have suffered being told they should just get over it and get on with their lives. Here's a hard truth. We do get on with our lives, but those voices, those touches, those lingering stares follow us, and when we least expect it, they sneak up and remind us that they're there. For these reasons, I've broken down my review into three parts. Notes on a scandal, a review of both books, and my final thoughts. I may stop short. This is the first time that I've tried to review, and actually do a review. (laughs) So forgive me if these reviews are not as fluid or as well constructed as other reviews that you may read. But here is my effort. I took a particular interest in two scandals in the last year. That between Kim Michelle Richardson, who wrote The Book Woman of Troublesome Creek, and Jojo Moyes, The Giver of Stars, and Wendy Ortez's Excavation and Kate Elizabeth Russell's My Dark Vanessa. In both instances, there were claims of plagiarism, though in Ortiz's case, those claims came from her fans and not directly from the author herself. It's easy to jump on a bandwagon, especially if you're a fan of an author's work, to defend them to the hilt regardless of what the facts really are. Let's face it, in both cases, this boils down to subjective interpretation and misunderstandings. I decided I would read all four books in question and do a reaction review podcast for each pairing. I haven't finished the book Woman of Troublesome Creek yet, so that episode podcast will be forthcoming. In 2019, I finished the first draft of what I hope will be my debut. I'd been working on it since 2016-2017. It's called Catching Fireflies. This book deals with sexual abuse. I've been trying to find comps for this book for months, probably since around August of 2019. As you might expect, there aren't a lot written in the last two years for me to choose from, and if there are, I haven't found them. If you're listening to this and you have suggestions, Go ahead and send them my way. (laughs) Enter My Dark Vanessa, a book about a young girl's sexual relationship with a much older man. It would be the perfect comp given the similarity 
of things. So I immediately put it on my list of new releases to purchase. Then on January 19th, 2020, Wendy Ortez, author of the memoir Excavation, tweeted, can't wait until February when a white woman's book of fiction that sounds very much like excavation is lauded. Stephen King's stamp of approval is touted, etc. Immediately, I was struck. Did Russell appropriate Ortez's story? There was only one way to find out, so I immediately bought Ortez's book and decided I would read them both and form my own opinion, especially since Ortez admitted that she hadn't read Russell's book and was basing her opinion off of the synopsis she found online. Yes, you heard me correctly. Instead of jumping on one side or the other, I actually purchased both books to read and decide for myself. It's crazy! (laughs) Here's what I learned. Both books have similar themes sexual abuse. And they have similar subjects, teenagers having affairs with older teachers. But that's where the similarities as I see them end, because what we have here are two completely different stories. Excavation is a memoir about Wendy C. Ortez's long-term relationship with her English teacher, Jeff Ivers. It covers their initial meeting, how 14-year-old Wendy tries to appear disinterested, something she seems to do often in order to simply observe and absorb the world around her. I found myself comparing my own teenage self and feelings to Wendy as I was reading, sussing out our differences. She wanted to appear aloof, whereas I'd already been introduced to the longings of boys and men by that age, so I wanted to be noticed because I thought that's how this whole thing worked. My 14-year-old self was all eyelashes and smiles, where Wendy's was disinterest and observation. Wendy captures Mr. Ivor's attention quickly, sharing with him a racy novel she's been writing and sharing with her friends. I was also writing a racy novel in high school. I wrote it in journal form and passed it around amongst my friends. Ortiz's novel, however, starts something she doesn't quite anticipate and is the catalyst for Mr. Ivers believing she is game for his romantic attentions. Now, I'm not blaming Ortiz for what would become a long-term affair with her teacher, continuing long after she passes 8th grade English class. I'm merely stating what appears to be the beginning point. The move of a child to shock her teacher turns into inappropriate nightly phone calls that evolve into to a sexual relationship that is consummated on a blazing Southern California day in the summer of 1987. Ortiz, at 14, is suddenly in over her head with her almost 30-year-old teacher. I know a little about seeing things out or letting things happen. I know an awful lot about pushing boundaries and having nowhere else to go but forward when things venture into uncomfortable and inappropriate territories. Wendy pushes boundaries and then gets a bit lost when she has nowhere to go but forward. By the summer, of course, she's ready for something to happen, though I'm not sure she was ready for everything that happens. In true Wendy fashion, though, she goes with the flow, even as Jeff is freaking out. I didn't have overwhelming feelings for any of the adults in this memoir, other than Jeff, of course. They could have been people I knew or grew up around, the men whose eyes lingered on young girls longer than they should, the people who ignored the fact that a grown man would be hanging out with his former female student alone in his home, those who looked the other way when Wendy and Jeff would have obvious lover spats. What teenage girl would rather hang out with her middle school English teacher than go to the mall with her friends or hang out with the kids her own age? It was the 1980s. Those questions weren't asked. A lot of things were overlooked and ignored in the 80s, especially if it was inappropriate relationships with young people. I did, however, feel an exception for Wendy's mom. A woman dealing with the dissolution of her marriage, becoming a single mom, and struggling with feelings of failure. She is an alcoholic, yes. She does allow her daughter to do things no mother should, yes. But she's really just doing the best she can. Others have said this book is a tough read. 
but I think we should look at it as a necessary read. These things happen. Molestation, rape, incest, inappropriate sexual relations, they all happen. We live in a society that insists on keeping these stories in the dark, where for no other reason than their own discomfort, they can say to stop talking about this. It's a society where even women scorn the Me Too movement, and where they insist that women who wait too long are liars only looking to end a man's career. A society where we expect women to sit down to dinner with their rapists and smile and just get over it. Books like Excavation are important. That this hasn't been picked up for reprint by a bigger publisher is beyond me. I give Excavation five stars. I wish that there had been a little bit more, especially at the end of the relationship when Wendy really starts to see this relationship for what it is, but I understand it's a really tough story to tell, and I think that Wendy did a wonderful job. Her voice, her style, we really get this sense that this is a 14-year-old through And I think it goes through her 18th year. And then there are pieces of her as an adult. She does a really great job staying true to the voice of her, her own voice in those distinct ages. So I think the book was really well done. And I put it on my list of books that need to be read by every woman, by every survivor. I have The Awakening by Kate Chopin on my list for every woman to read. And now I have Excavation on my list for every woman and survivor to read. Have you ever wondered about the women caught up in a scandal who have a legitimate story to tell but refuse to? Enter Vanessa Y. It's 2017, and her former English teacher has just been very publicly accused of sexually abusing one of his former students. The thing is, despite the fact that Vanessa had a sexual affair with this teacher, she isn't the former student accusing him of misconduct. Whether she likes it or not, Vanessa must make an important decision. Tell her story to the world in an effort to bring a child predator to justice or remain silent in the face of scrutiny. Told in dual timelines, my dark Vanessa asks the question, would you protect someone you love even if you you know firsthand how deceptive, manipulative, and devious they can be. In 2015, year old Vanessa Y is beginning her sophomore year at Browick, a prestigious boarding school in Maine. Awkward and withdrawn, Vanessa doesn't have any real friends. She never really fit in at her old school, and she's no longer speaking to her former roommate at Browick, Jenny. One of the great mysteries throughout the book is what happened between the two girls. There's a sense that it's something major, something that they can't quite come back from. The actual reason is a letdown, but not entirely unexpected from a teenager, especially one like Vanessa. She cares a lot about what people think of her, most specifically what she believes they think about her. Isn't that just the way a teenager is? (laughs) The most important thing for the reader to know about Vanessa is that she doesn't have a clue. Perhaps this is why Jacob Strain sets his sights on her. She's a loner quiet, and so obviously lonely. She's everything someone like Strain needs. So he begins testing the waters with her. Little touches, winks, sharing literature with hidden messages that aren't so hidden to the adults that are reading the book. One thing I found particularly gross was the fact that almost every piece of literature he shares with Vanessa is filled with themes of sexual deviance. Always older men infatuated with or in love with younger women, usually girls. He tells her she's special, that she isn't like the other girls. He grooms her. This is where I think everyone is getting it wrong with this book. It isn't about the relationship between Strain and Vanessa. It's about victimology and Vanessa being the perfect target. Strain is a predator. 
By the time Vanessa has him for a teacher, he's been teaching at Browick for more than a decade. It's obvious, if only to the reader, that he's done this before, and he will do it after Vanessa is far removed from his life. He knows what he's doing, knows how to take it one step at a time, and he knows how to cover his tracks. And worse of all, I think, is how patient he is. You can feel it as you're reading, which is one thing that Russell does very well in the book. She did an excellent job showing how manipulative predators like Jacob Strain are. And she did an exceptional job showing how easily a lonely teenager can be duped into feeling loved and the ramifications of what happens to them after the affair is over. As an adult, Vanessa becomes a master avoider. Living her adult life in a fog of drugs, alcohol, and strange men, she is the product of Strain's tactics. And he fails to show even an ounce of remorse, even at the very end he has no remorse. He's still only concerned with himself. Kate Elizabeth Russell has stated in interviews that she wanted Strain to love Vanessa, that she wanted to show that he did love her. I think he's far too narcissistic to love anyone other than himself. And also, I have a major problem with the author wanting to show that Strain really loves Vanessa in his own way. This relationship is unhealthy. It's born from a 42-year-old man's inability to become sexually aroused by anyone older than 18. He is a 42-year-old man who goes after a 15-year-old child that he knows is in a compromised situation. She's lonely. She's looking for a place where she belongs, and he uses every bit of that against her to get what he wants. It's always about what Strain wants. He is quite literally a dirty old man who I feel no sense of attachment or remorse for. A man who not only bends ethical rules, but snaps them in half. This is not the sort of relationship to romanticize. The reader should despise Jacob Strain by the end of the book. Personally, I hated him well before. I also took major issue with the number of sex scenes featured in the book. As mentioned, this is not a relationship to be romanticized. It is a crime and is causing irreparable damage to one half of the couple. I understand the need to reference their intimate moments together. That's important to the story. That's important to a story like this. But to have so many scenes where their sex is told in detail was just, it was a turnoff for me. Finally, I'm angry that Vanessa didn't grow more as a character. She deserves more than what she gets at the end of this. A slight admission in the closing pages doesn't make up for hundreds of pages where she's broken apart and pieced back together by a child rapist. It's a step in the right direction, but after all of that, I needed to see something more from her, and she failed me. It is for this reason alone that I gave the book four stars instead of five. It's a good book. It reads well, Russell's voice, her style, just like Ortez, they are very good at telling a story. But I just couldn't get past those things, and especially I can't get past how little Vanessa grows throughout the narrative. That's something that I need to see in my fiction. And there's the glimmer of growth, but I don't see actual growth in the character and that bugs me and I can't get past it. <laughs> so that's why I gave it four stars instead of five. Now after reading both books back to back, I don't believe that Russell appropriated anything. Not once while reading did I flash to Ortez's book. 
The characters are made of different stuff, the situations are different, and the outcomes are certainly different. If you put a dozen survivors into a room and have them speak openly about their experiences, how they began and how they ended, chances are you're going to find commonalities. That's the way it is. There are particular ways that these predators work. There are particular things that they do. And it's kind of across the board in many cases. Ultimately, I think the argument should never have been that Russell was telling anyone else a story as her own. But instead, how the publishing industry approaches certain books. Ortez has since tried to clarify her position that she wasn't attacking Russell but was commenting on how unbalanced publishers are with acquisitions and the money they put into certain titles. She's absolutely right, and we're seeing this more and more, thankfully, and I'm hoping that the publishing industry really starts to make those changes that everyone's calling for. If she'd written Excavation as a novel instead of a memoir, she might have seen the same type of interest as My Dark Vanessa. Maybe not, but maybe. Because the story, both stories are salacious enough to have readers pick up the books. So that's my two cents. I highly recommend Excavation if you like memoir and even if you don't like I don't read memoir. I'm one of the, I'm one of the reasons why publishers feel like they can't take a chance on a fantastic book like Wendy Ortez's because I don't read memoirs typically. But I felt like in order to do my due diligence, I needed to read this one. But I didn't have a problem reading it because of Ortez's writing style. And she's such a fantastic storyteller. So even if you don't read memoir, pick up Excavation because it doesn't read like memoir <laughs> or like other memoirs I've tried to read. I shouldn't put them all together. <laughs> well, that's it from me. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know. Give me a like, give me a subscribe, give me a comment. You can share me with your friends. That would be super. And most of all, you can just tune in. I'll be back next week with a new episode. If you want to see what I'm doing on social media, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Sabieller. You can also find this podcast on Twitter at WritingThingPod. You can go to my website, saywordbeller.com. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend. Stay home, stay safe, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.